There's a question that's been kind of kicking around in my head over these last few weeks of Easter. And I wonder if you've been thinking about it as well. And the question is this. What difference does the resurrection of Jesus Christ make in your life and in mine? We spent all this time of the Lenten season preparing for the resurrection, and now we're fully into the season of Easter. But what does that really mean for us? Well, we know that the death of Christ was the result of a betrayal. Judas, one of the disciples, betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. And if our story ended on Good Friday, we would sadly still be in our sins. This horrible and tragic death on the cross would just be a constant reminder to us of the sin. In Judas' betrayal, Christ transformed this act of greed and cowardice into a total gift of self that would change the world forever, healing us and restoring us to new life. Pope Benedict wrote this about the power of that betrayal and how God transformed the world because of it. He said this, Judas' betrayal of Jesus led to his death and transformed this tremendous torment into a space of salvific love by consigning Jesus to the Father. In his mysterious salvific plan, God assumes Jesus' inexcusable gesture as the occasion for the total gift of the Son for the redemption of the world. In our second reading this morning from the book of Revelation, we hear these words, Behold, I make all things new. My brothers and sisters, it is the love of Christ radiating through our hearts and shining out into the world that makes all things new. Jesus gave us in our gospel today this new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. This is the ongoing work of our Christian life, to begin to take more and more of Jesus' love into our hearts so that we can share that love with all those that we meet. There is a story that, for me, kind of exemplifies a lot of what we're talking about today in our gospel reading and in this second reading from Revelation. It's a story about a young man named Landon, and many of you have probably read it. It was a very terrifying story. It's been all over the news media these past few weeks. Landon was at the Mall of America with his mother, enjoying a, a time at the mall, presumably, and suddenly, and without any warning, a man grabbed this little boy and threw him over the rail at the Mall of America. They were up on the second or third level, and Landon fell approximately 40 feet onto a hard surface. And you can imagine the terror that this parent must have been feeling at that moment. Here is her little boy one minute next to her side, the next minute flying through the air and hitting the ground at a very high force. And she's trying to make her way through the crowd and she's racing through there and trying to get down that escalator to get to her son. 
And people are saying, what can we do? What can we do? And she said, just pray. Just pray. And that's what people did. They began praying here in the state of Minnesota and all over the country and all over the world, people were praying for this little boy. And God did a miraculous thing. He took this horrible tragedy and he made something new. Because when the doctors went in and did the x-rays of this little boy, they found some broken bones, which they expected to find. What they didn't find, however, was a skull fracture or any neurological damage, which would have been expected with this kind of a fall. It is literally a miracle that Landon survived with very few injuries. The love of those people who prayed for this little boy was also manifested in donations. They set up a GoFundMe page for him and over a million dollars was raised for his medical bills in just several days. My brothers and sisters, your life and my life has been made new by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can never be the same again. Sin and death will never have the final word from the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a story of an older woman. She was living alone in her house, probably way beyond the time when she should have been doing that. She was not in good health physically or mentally. And someone called to have medical personnel check on her, and they came to her home, and they found her there, and they realized that she needed to be at a hospital to be evaluated. She was not in good shape. And so they kind of struggled with her to get her coat on and to get her on the stretcher to get her to the hospital, and they were able to finally get her settled and, and into the vehicle, and off to the hospital they went. When they got to the hospital, they were trying to remove her coat and loosen her clothing so they could examine her. And one of the medical personnel noticed that her hand was clutching something very tightly and her, her circulation in her hand was starting to leave. Her hand was turning white. And they began to become concerned about that. And so they tried gently to pry her fingers open and she was resisting with everything in her and they kept trying and kept trying. Finally, someone was able to pry those fingers open. And they found in her hand a small coin that she had grabbed as she left her home. And it was the last thing, the last vestige of that home that she could take with her. I don't know about you, but there are things in my life that I'm holding on to in that way. Things that I'm clutching these things that we hold on to could be hurts, memories, failures, losses, sin. What are you and I holding on to that God is calling us to let go of? To let go of, to make more room for his love to shine in our hearts so he can truly make us new the way that he wants to. I want to suggest to you there are three things, three simple things that you and I can do to open our hearts more fully so God can come in and make us new. And the first of those is to unplug. 
We've talked about this a bit here in church, haven't we? We are bombarded with messages all day long from the media. And so every once in a while, it's a good just to unplug, to turn that cell phone off for a few minutes, turn our computers and laptops off, and just be still. The second thing is silence. Silence is kind of at a premium in our world these days. I happen to really like silence when I can find it, and so I tend to turn that car radio off when I'm driving in the car and make that a time of prayer. But whatever it is in your life that's causing that noise, just to try to turn that off and find that silence, that's where God speaks to us. It's beautiful silence. And finally, the presence And I'm referring to the Eucharistic presence of Christ, whether that is sitting in a church as we are this morning and adoring Christ in the Eucharist, or sitting in an adoration chapel before the presence of Christ. This is the place where God speaks to us powerfully to our hearts and brings healing and grace for life's difficult circumstances. The resurrection of Jesus Christ forever changed the world. You and I are witnesses to the resurrection. And so this morning, I invite all of us to let the power of that resurrection enter deeply into our hearts to make us new so that you and I can go out into the world and love one another as Jesus taught us. Amen.